and just felt like I, I, I remember Katie as we're going back and forth over this saying, "Look, you got to run because if you don't run, come on, no hands." Well, the superlative of that is I've got it, God. I'll do what I want to do without checking with you first. Um, and the lessons in life that I will never forget are the ones where I said, hey, I got a God. <laughs> and I think God just kind of chuckled and said, okay, get back to me when you realize that uh, you don't. But we prayed about it and really felt that God was telling us to run. And uh, I remember when we first called up or uh, trying to find some political consultants. And I, like, I did have the benefit of being able to, I called up like Catherine Hanaway and some other people like that to get their advice. And it's, it's great to be able to ask people like that their we advice. He did. Um, um, well, I worked for her. Uh, <laughs> well, I do that always, but I've been to your house. That's, we met, you were gardening that day, and you did no time for anybody bothering your husband, uh, which I thought was outstanding. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it was interesting to me, so you come in and, and you know, you kind of encourage him to do it. Yeah, Jay has had an interest in politics as long as I've known yeah. him. Like, even when we were first married, he would stay up. He would be on the Secretary of State's website pulling down election results. You know, it's like midnight. Or walk in and other people's parades, yeah. like for Jim Talent or Blunt or somebody. Yeah. Just any volunteers. And just the way he expressed interest, I kind of knew that he'd like to try it and did not know anything about politics. I come from a very... Luckily, she didn't realize family. what it was going to be like, or she would have yeah. said no. <laughs> you know, we like to tell a story that Jay called his mother and told her that he would like to run for this, and she encouraged him and said, I think you would be great at this, and let me talk to your wife now. And she said, are you crazy? What are you thinking letting him get into this? Uh, but I, I really did think that he might regret it if he didn't try it. So, second generation of being around politics, I've found people either hate it, just don't, will, will not even do the volunteering, or they always have an, uh, an interest in it. And, and maybe they'll run, but there's always a, they're either drawn to it or they're drawn very far away from it. Uh, it's interesting how you came in. Now, now, you're a West Plains visitor, right? I am. Now, what did your folks do? My dad is a physician, my mom's a nurse. So, so when you call down and you're talking about the kids and you're talking about, <laughs> how things are in West Plains and, and maybe listen to a Porter Wagner song and you you say, hey, Jay's going to run for office. Are they like, yeah, we saw that coming or are they like, oh, really? I think they were surprised. Yeah, but your dad is, you know, he's always been politically minded. He hasn't necessarily, you know, he hasn't run for office himself, but your your Uncle Rich, his brother ran. Mm-hmm. What are you uh, running for? The judge. judge. So... Um, Gosh, who was the Judge Garrett, the, the yeah. boss of Hal County? Yeah. yeah. Golly. Judge Garrett. No. Uh, Hal County has good colorful folks. Wendell, obviously, but Judge Garrett Wendell. was a heck of a guy. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, you, uh, the Senate race, I would say sometimes losing humbles people, but I've never met you when you weren't humble. I ain't trying to shine you. I mean, I, I, I think a lot of folks expect you to be. Uh, act like they would act if their dad was your dad, and you—I've never seen anybody. I've heard people that meet you or, or uh, like the kids in here. I was like, well, you, when you meet him, you're gonna be shocked because he's a nice guy and he's a, he's a good dude. You—I don't think the race humbled you. I never seen you when you weren't humble. But after- oh, it was humbling when we <laughs> lost that race. That is not fun to sure. publicly have the people of the district say you want no, and. 
you know, I mean, it wasn't like 60-40, but it was a clear victory for Sunder Shoot, too. So it was... Uh, well, I'm mad to say, and, and I like Jack, too, but you probably outpaced what Jack would have done. I think that's fair to say. Oh, well, most of I think some people thought your last name would be inhibit you in some parts of that. It did. St. Louis area. <laughs> it did. But by the same token, you ran that as a tight race. That race wouldn't have been tight. It was drawn not to be tight. I think... Uh, we held her to about 50.1, 50.2, and, but the, it wasn't that close because there was a Libertarian candidate yeah. that got a little bit, I think, over 50% <laughs> of the vote. Oh. Um, my favorite story is, and maybe this just shows that I was not fit for that district, was that I was knocking on, I was knocking doors, and um, uh, someone answered the door, and I introduced myself, and everything was cordial. I says, oh, Ashcroft. Says, yeah, I was I was really sad when your dad died. Oh, that's nice. I mean, you know, we can agree on that, regardless of political view. Or no, yeah. he says what he said was, I I remember when your uncle died. My uncle died in a car accident, ninety uh, one, I think. No, yeah, maybe ninety one. And I said, oh, I didn't know you know like it was. I said, yeah, it was such a tragedy. Um, I just I, I just wish it had been your dad. I was like, oh, well, um, I'll put you down as a maybe. (laughs) So, um, you know, know, but that's been my life with my last name is that there have been people that that's that's been a benefit and it's been a detraction and that happens with everybody we none of us are are, are born with equal footing in different areas you know, some people are look I, I will never I could never be a football player not with my build could never be tall enough for a basketball player wasn't fast enough to be a sprinter would never want to be long distance runner but in politics in some ways it helped having that name and otherwise it didn't but it's I don't know. It was it was, a, it was an eye opening experience, and um, so you want to run for secretary of state? That is a it is a long way from your house to Pineville or to Tarkio. Yeah, but I I like to get out. Um, How did you go when he came home and said, "Okay, now I think I'm going to run the whole state"? Well, what happened was, I think. Correct me if I get this wrong, Katie. Yes, we were like, okay, we're losers. We lo- well, I was a loser. Katie helped a loser. Um, we can- I mean, it hurts if you haven't been through it. And um, we're done. We tried. Thanks for letting me try. Didn't work. Pretty clearly didn't work. And um, we didn't have everything finished from a bill payment standard within 30 days of the election. And under Missouri statute, you're required to close your committee... 30 days after you lose an election. That's what the statute says. MEC doesn't follow. Um, so just being us and saying, hey, we haven't even gotten all the invoices back from certain stuff. We started a new committee and closed our old one because last thing I wanted to do was violate the law with that. And when we did that, I mean, we seriously were not thinking about running again. I've people talking about for all kinds of stuff. Um, so we had then people that were coming to us and were suggesting different things. Uh, people suggested Secretary of State's office. So uh, people suggested Twenty Third. Yep. Um, uh, where Senator Bill Eigel is currently serving. There were about four of them that were brought to us, and I, you know, we're sitting there saying, "Okay, we lost the state senate race, so now we should run statewide." Does that really make sense? And um, 
But we felt like God had wanted us to run that state senate race. And I can remember in like July, August, September calling Katie and saying, I feel like I'm where God wants me to be, but I can't hear him tell me I'm going to win. I'm a little concerned here. And um, when it came to the Secretary of State's office and, or, or the options people were suggesting to us, we just started praying about those four. And for each one of the options, I think there were four, could have been three, we put something in the way. We said, I'm going to support this person or I can't do that unless this happens. And then we just said, God, if that impediment's there, we're not going to do any of them. And if you want us to do one of them, you have to remove that impediment. If you don't, we're not going to run. So I was raised in a, in a um, it, Church of God. Mm-hmm. It's a Pentecostal, but not the skirts and the. Not exactly Catholic. Not exactly Catholic. <laughs> not, no jean skirts and, and hair, but 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 everything else. Snakes that. and so all they started with the snakes. I don't kill that absolutely. No, not by the time I got there, but but that the church lineage does. When when you say God told me to do something. I have been fortunate. My mom has, uh, I got the years I have from getting drunk in church three times a week, whether you want to or not. There's folks that might snarl or roll their eyes, and they may not understand what you mean. And I know it means something different to everybody, everybody in the world, but when you say God loves you to do something, can you explain that to somebody that might be religious but doesn't quite know what you mean? I, I did not have the, the smoky hand writing yeah. on the wall. Uh, um, I didn't hear an audible voice. But what what we prayed was, God, we need your direction, and I'm not good at listening to you, and when I, when I hear you, I'm not good at following you. And we tried to set up circumstances that we had no control over, but that God could change, and to use that as an indicia of what he wanted him to do. And there's a biblical story about the, the guy praying and laying out the mat and saying, God, if you want me to do this in the morning, it needs to be wet. Some people say, what was the do? Well, the next day he said, well, if you want me to do it, it needs to be dry. That's what we did. Because um, it's poo-pooed, but I believe in God. And I believe that he's in charge of things. And that if I want to learn a lesson and things to end up badly, I'm going to do them my own way, which I have done and continue to do at times. Uh, But if I do what God wants me to do, I might not end up where I expect, like the state senate race, but I'll end up where I need to be and where I should be, and he'll provide. And I would say, let me, let me finish the story a little bit about Secretary of State. I had agreed with another gentleman who you know that I would not run for Secretary of State and that I would support him for that position. I don't know that I can give you the name, so I don't mean to betray confidence. I apologize, but you know him well. And because um, he was looking at the race, and I said, I won't run if you run. If you run, I'll support you. You have to make an announcement decide what you want to do. I found out, I'm thinking Kander, former Secretary Kander announced on Thursday that he was, wasn't running. I found out the day before, which would have been a Wednesday. I called up this gentleman and said, look, I promised you I wouldn't run. Um, I really want to run. But it's your decision, and I was not happy to be saying this, but I said, look, I, I, I told you I wouldn't run if you want to run. Keep your word. What, what, I wasn't saying that to him. I was fighting to keep my word myself. Yeah. Um, but one of us needs to get in the race because I don't want it to kind of suddenly be an opportunity where we have seven or eight Republicans jumping into it. And um, left him a message. He was out that night. He then called me back, said, look, i got to think about it. not sure what I'm going to do. 
And then uh, he called me back that next morning. And I went to bed assuming that he would announce and my <laughs> non-political career was already over. And um, he called me back the next morning and said, look, I'm not ready to make a decision. You're right that one of us needs to do it, so jump in. This was a political. This is an elected official. This is someone that would normally look at an open seat, or the seat that was open like that and say, hey, wait a minute. This is an excellent opportunity. And that never would have happened if I hadn't run for the state senate. And it never would have happened if I had not only run, but I had lost for the state senate. Because if I had won the state senate, I would see I would be in this. It would have been in the state senate. Uh, probably would have been removed after four years, and um, wouldn't have had the opportunity. So people can say what they want, but God works, and God does speak and act in ways. And he calls and tells you to jump in. Well, I mean, it would be nice if I, my phone rang and it said God, and I was like, oh, hey, this is the voice of God. The guy didn't run and called you and said, hey, jump yeah. in. What's that feel? Is it being butterflies? Is it, is it like a It was a, a rush of emotions. Yeah. I mean, because I had never run statewide before. Uh, and I knew the effort that went into running uh, for state senate, and I knew what it felt like when you lost. And now I was getting the opportunity to lose, to lose in front of the entire state. Um, but it was also a great opportunity to try to make a difference. And I, I looked at things. I'm an attorney. I'm an engineer. Did some legal work with data security and privacy. And I'm like, this really could be helpful. Are you an attorney? Both. But I've been an engineer longer than I've been an attorney. You have to describe yourself as one. I'm an engineer. Yeah. <laughs> My wife was engineer. <laughs> I, I never saw you smile too much at that office. I came by a few times. I, I, I've seen you smile when you talk about engineering a lot. It's a very different, you're a very different person when you talk about engineering than when you talk about law. I have on many occasions had my wife kind of look at me and kind of tilt her head almost 90 degrees and just kind of shake it and say, you're such an engineer and walk away. Yeah, no, that's the, uh, <laughs> No, that's, but um, both of those, I think, have really Catherine helped me. Hanaway, in I remember she had to make this decision. She was an attorney. She could have ran for attorney general, as you could have. Yeah. She could have jumped into a state treasurer's race and most likely won. Sarah Stillman ultimately won. Yeah. She probably had the ability to pick first. She stayed in the Secretary of State race against Robin Carter, yep. uh, another name. child of a, of a former Missouri governor. Uh, but she stayed in the Secretary because she wanted to. I remember she said, I want to do this job. Did that, did talking to her help make you think the Secretary of State is what I want to do? You no. Know, um, Secretary of State was really, there were options that were laid out and God cleared the path. So what are you, are you coming along the whole time? And he's coming home and telling you, "Okay, these are the things." And are you living this week to week with him? We were, we were. We had a lot of discussions about different positions, and you know, after having gone through a race where we lost, that's painful, and and it was hard on the entire family and our kids. They knew about it. They saw the commercials on TV, and I had more concerns with the second race, to be sure. Um, wasn't quite as supportive, probably. Because of the, the, the state being so big, because of... Um, the length of time, too. Our first race, we filed on the last yeah, day. I remember The that. length of time that it was going to stretch two years. The fact, Just the fact that when you lose, it is such a bitter experience. 
and not sure I wanted to really go over that. We had a pretty nice life. We both liked our jobs, like St. Louis, you know. Just wasn't sure I wanted to to go through that again. Um, but did feel that and it's a lot spouse. harder a lot of times on spouses. Sure, you well, know, Katie's the one that was home with the kids. Katie's the one that's wondering where I am as I'm driving all over the state and doing stuff. She's the one that's holding down the fort. You show up and give a speech, everybody cheers you. And well, everybody. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. well, Not everybody I cheers. I think having grown up in politics, you have much thicker skin than the rest of us do. I just, um, I didn't love politics. It's harder for spouses to deal with sure. the stuff that's said. Yeah. Uh, even if they have, you know, it's just, it's that she's protective. Uh, no offense, kind of a mama bear yeah. type. Not saying you look like a bear, but kind of that mama bear protective thing. You, you know, it's a. Uh, I don't know how many times I'm like, Katie, you got to stop looking at Twitter. <laughs> got to stop looking at Facebook. <laughs> just, just, it's, it's, it's maybe the worst part of society is Twitter. That's a, it is um, one of the over, maybe one of the only overlaps with media and politics is you just have to realize and not care. Yeah. Now, me being white trash, it's very easy for me to not care and throw barbs. But for any rational, sane person, there's something wrong with you if you're not pretty much like, what is, this is not normal, I don't like what you're doing. You know, that, that pushback, I think, is a natural human reaction. I think it's, and it's, it's a bad, we don't want to teach elected officials not to care what's said in the public sphere. We want politicians that care. We want politicians that care what the electorate thinks, that listen to them, and that uh, want to lead and convince people, hey, this is a better way to move. This is, look at what we can get to. I, I watched you. I, I really, I, I text, I think I texted you and convinced you for it. I, uh, uh, Peter Meredith, when they were doing this, somebody had some bill to not take the election results, probably to get attention. And so, of course, the Democrats were like, this is stupid, and then most of the people were, and they then asked you to come. They asked a few other elected officials to come, and I, I, I Peter Merritt's a friend of mine, he tell me all the stuff he's going to do, and I was like, yeah, they won't come. I said, James Crow might show up. I was like, I don't know, but he might. They asked me. Of all the people that's going to show up, you'd be the one that would show up. And I was like, you're going to look bad if you come hard, because he's a very nice person, and you look like a jerk. And he's like, he's never going to come. And I'm like, I, probably not, but I was like, if there's one that's going to, I bet you're going to be again. And so you showed up, and you let them just go crazy, and you kept bringing them back. It sounded like an engineer talking to politicians. You know, you didn't argue their points of law. You talked about the basics of people feeling like there's a problem, and Missouri was fine. And, and I, I just remember thinking that was um, you, you had to use that filter to turn off all the noise. I would think in a situation like that. You know, I'm I'm used to. To Representative Meredith, uh, there are things we agree on. There are things we disagree on, uh, and I just, you know, like libraries, uh, we've been able to work together to try to make sure that there's opportunity for everybody across the state to get reference materials and those things. And there's other areas where, you know, it, it's politics, and I just wasn't fine with calling about on that. My last question: when, when. You, when the when the person you had told that you'd support them calls you and says you were wrong, were you ready for that? Because those things happen. We thought we were. <laughs> but I mean, were you ready when, when he called you and said, okay, this person's called me, let me out of my commitment, encouraged me to run? 
I'd like to do it. Were you Were you ready to say, yeah, you need to do it? Because, I mean, these things happen quickly. And You know, uh, I'm not sure I was ready for it, but it seemed like such a clear response that you take it and you say, okay, well, we're going to do this. What's That's what we've step? been praying about for yeah, it's an months. And here it is, suddenly, the day that we would want to announce, the impediment gets removed. I mean... I don't really think that I was personally ready for another race, but you know, that was the answer, and it's okay, how do we move forward with this and see what this race looks like? Um, we were more ready than the state senate race, where we were driving down to file, and Katie was using a laptop while I drove to try oh. to make up a press release to send out. And <laughs> I got a call from Tom Schulte that says, Scott, uh, I don't know if you've heard this, but Jay Ashcroft's going to file for senate today. And I'm like, well, like, I said, yeah, like, and had mentioned that this was, he leaning towards it, probably going to happen. He's like, the Kirkpatrick building, do you know what the actual address is for that? And I'm like, no, but I could, I was like, I'm in my truck, I could just drive down and look, because I was that close. And he goes, well, we're trying to make sure he knows where to go. And I'm like, I don't know, because, you know, and Tom Jolte, I think, is one of the classiest people in the entire world who I just adore. And a big, you know, big fan of yours, but he was like, "We're all making, we're all trying to do make for sure that he's got exactly where to go because this is in the afternoon." He goes, "I don't know." The what last day of filing. Yeah. Yep. And, I, and this is not one o'clock. Was on the drive to lunch, maybe when he called me, and he goes, "I don't know if he's filed yet." We, we're trying to make sure he has. I think we had because we went over to the library afterwards so she could take pictures in case we, we could find a newspaper that would print it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember when you filed at the Capitol. I remember when people would stand in line for a week or more at the Capitol. Like they do in courthouses all over Missouri. Yeah. So, uh, so you, you do the Secretary of State's race. That obviously goes well. Get reelected. And then uh, I'm sure it probably didn't feel like easy, but, but I lead the ticket. Uh, I'm, you know, Roy Blunt never said he was running. Yep. But it was obviously his age and his, you know. A logical person would speculate. It's not like you assume Josh Hawley, his age, will run for another term, right? That's a that's a pretty safe assumption. Roy Blunt, not 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 as a safe as assumption. You had to think on election night when you let the ticket that if he doesn't run, you that is an opportunity that would be on your radar, right? No. Um. Really, you had to think that, right? Did you? I was happy I won. <laughs> well, I was I, I was now that, in positive territory. I went from one and one to two and one. I was happy. <laughs> no, I you thought really you would be considered if you. Did. Yeah, I, but I, there was never a time when you filed honestly that you thought you'd lose that race. The Secretary of State. No, but I. I am probably. Ex- I am excessively pessimistic I remember when about we went to a press conference on the Kirkpatrick building parking lot. <laughs> I didn't. It was the a lot of people it's public were, property. A lot of it's the were, right thing to do. But a lot of people were jerks about that. It had to be easier because you knew you were going to win by a gob. I didn't think about saying no to it. it just, yeah. You don't do I that. Think, I actually believe that. But my point would be there was no time you thought you were going to race. I didn't think I was. Yeah. I was. You know, but my dad taught me you run scared or you run unopposed. And I've well, but also that's how you place, right? I mean, the, you know, the more, the better you do. You want to get all the ones you can get, right? You know, yeah, but I mean, part of it. We didn't really focus on. I mean, but you run hard, you do as well as you can do, right? We, yeah, but we didn't. It's not like we spent all our money either. 
We spent, yeah, I think, I think we spent thirty-eight thousand dollars on on TV ads. <laughs> but what, what so would that I mean, buy you? seriously, I don't. Um, if we got was it like seven hundred points in Southwest Missouri? Yeah, yeah. Um, so like a seven hundred, seven hundred points. Oh, maybe five. Yeah. Uh, That's a bad investment ratio, I think. So I'm not a TV buyer, but you know, uh, but it didn't make a lick of difference. So you, you, you get that you get election night. You have to feel good. I mean, I yeah, feel yeah, it's, feel good yeah. Much. I mean, it's uh, glad to have it over with. <laughs> then you know the holidays come, and, and folks you know didn't know about Roy, but as uh, as we're beginning to get out a little bit, uh, you know, there's three things you run for from Secretary of State. You run for U.S. Senate, another U.S. Senate seat, maybe Congress, but really governor. Uh, I, I you're an interesting person. People would ask me about. I say I I think he likes Jeff City. As a person who loves Jeff City myself, I love Jeff City. I love the city. I love it's the a people. great place to raise a family. Yeah, absolutely. It is. Uh, I, 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 the lobbyists or whoever complain about coming to Jeff City, they don't do it around me twice because I stop and say, <laughs> well, we don't have riots and we don't have murders and we don't have, you know, lockdowns, but it, you know, looks pretty great where you are. You're without the Cardinals, you're Cairo. But it, uh, yeah, you know, I thought I've, I've seen you enjoy it. Like, I actually enjoy the place. I, 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 as well, I've run into you and people that know you. You do not. You seem to enjoy this community. And but you got to And you know what a U.S. Senate. So, what? How old were you when your dad went to U.S. Senate? Uh, I was in college. So you could see. You were old enough to see all of it, understand it, uh, the schedule, and all that. Yeah. Uh, as you thought about what it would look like. Uh, what, what, how did it first strike you? I didn't like the idea at first. Um, I, uh, I didn't like the idea of living in D.C. Um, or being in D.C. away from my family for half a week and coming back to Missouri every, every weekend instead of just living in Missouri. Um, so I, I, I didn't like that idea. Um, uh, I don't know that at least right now where I am in life, that I would enjoy being in a legislature. There is a difference, I think, between an executive and a legislator. Do you think an engineer is better suited for an executive branch? I, I do. I, think I may not have enough more suited for a I may not have enough patience to be a legislator. Yep. Um, uh, you know, the engineer me wants to say, no, look, here's the free body diagram, run the numbers, this is the way to do it, and that doesn't work in a legislature. Yeah. And uh, we've seen people that have, that are legislators have gotten into executive branches or vice versa, Sometimes and they don't function as well. Um, so <laughs> I didn't like that idea, um, wasn't sure I'd like it, but at the same time, this is as close to a silver platter as well. The only thing closer is the governor calling you up and saying, I, "I'm declaring that you're the such and such." So position. let me walk through this. So you, Roy Blunt, announced as you see it on the internet, this, this thing. Um, you have to know they're going to come. I mean, it's common sense. You have a former governor that some of them. I don't think anybody in Washington cares about us except they don't want to spend money. And if the former governor were to run, they probably have to, and that they don't want to do that, understandably. Um, <clears throat> Back before when he talked about running for governor, there were people that wanted were, were going to come and ask you to come in and stop stop gap that in twenty. You had to know when all these things start circulating. I think I think the former governor knew a couple weeks before and started throwing out barbs against Roy, and it it all looked like 
somebody that is protective and you had to know that, that they were going to come call, right? I should have. But did you know? Well, I I would think She's so. She's better at the stuff than I am. election results, that, yeah. yeah, his name would be up there. And your phone did start ringing off the wall pretty much from when the announcement was made. Yeah, it didn't take long. Days. And, you know, it's, a, it's an honor. I mean, these people but, are coming to you because they think you'd win. I didn't realize that at first. Um, I have you knew it. I have text yeah. messages on my phone where I wished other people good luck. Said 2022 is going to be a blast. Good luck. Because I didn't even think about myself, which is, I guess, stupid. Um, but, um, you know, one of the names that's pretty prominently named is running. I texted him because we had talked before about their interest in running for the Senate. And that was, that was literally my first thought. Um, and then it was like, oh, wait a minute. People might think about me. Um, so I was a little bit clueless. So right out of the gate, you know, there's a former governor that had pretty much started to declare his intentions by attacking and Senator Glover even left. I mean, you could probably read that that's one of the Then you had, uh, you had maybe a, a more, um, a different candidate that would oppose him. And thought that maybe folks would align. I know that your family and the Wagners have a long relationship. It would surprise me to ever see the two of you running on against each other. Uh, who who calls you first and says, you're the guy. You you, you need to do this. Who's the first call that was really substantial? You're like, oh, this is real. Uh, you know, at first it was just a lot of people texting and hey, you, you're going to have to run, or you should Who's run. Who's the one with, that made you go? Oh, this is real. Uh, it was my campaign manager, actually. I think it was when Miles said, "No, you don't understand. You could actually do this." Because I'm as an engineer, you think about this for a minute. You factor in all the variables in the algorithm. I don't. I don't mean to shine you. I don't. I think it's a common sense thing. People smarter than me have said it. If you wanted to be United States Senator. If you had said yes, there's a high, high probability you would be the junior senator of the great state of Missouri in two years. Do you agree with that? I think there was a good good possibility, yeah. So you come home. He, he, he finally gets the call. He comes home and says, <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I did not tell my wife that I had texted someone else good luck. Because, like, yeah. oh, I could be in trouble we'll about be that. Before. <laughs> so he comes home and says, they, Katie's going to kill me if she wants me to do this, and I wish somebody else good luck. <laughs> I've done it again. Uh, yeah. I've got his wings with him. So he comes home and says, uh, they're all, I mean, everybody thinks I'm the guy. They want me to do it. Well, there's you weren't a, surprised, right? There's, there's a little bump in the road here. I couldn't come home and talk to her about it oh. because we had dinner guests. Oh, that's got to be so funny. <laughs> and I had invited the house. Eat up with Well, my dinner guests had fun with it. Um, but I had invited the speaker, the pro tem, the floor leader, and uh, Representative Shaw, the head of the elections committee, over to just, hey, we're coming up on spring break. Let's grill some steaks, baked potato, just not talk politics. And then, of course, everybody wants to talk about this. And I, I remember they're leaving like, well, I guess we ought to go. I think Jay has something he needs to talk to Katie about. 
That's so. So funny. it was. Uh, oh my god. It was. It was, and you know they they're and giving sure all the sorts of crap that I didn't deserve. I don't think. But. Well, the time you're eating, you've got like these huge important people calling. My phone is blowing and, up. Yeah, I can't even imagine. That's hilarious. Wait, didn't you just leave your phone for like an hour? Yeah. Oh, uh, you probably had no choice. Um, I just left my phone in my office and walked. I'm just like I need a break. Um, but um, you know, it's it's nice that that people thought of me about that. Um, so to the as these as these hours go on, and people are discussed, and all the people that make these, whoever they are, comes and says, "Okay, he's the guy." Uh, they uh, does this is this a thing that the U.S. senators get involved in and start telling you you need to run? Not at the time. Um, We're talking about a forty-eight hour period, here, right? Yeah, none of them called me till after I'd made my decision. Uh, but. Um, well, I mean, I, I had talked to, to Senator Blunt. I called him when I knew. He didn't call me. I called him. Uh, or maybe he called me back after I called. But I just wanted to congratulate him on his service and thank him for his service. I mean, that was uh, – but um, I, I, I didn't talk to as many people as probably most people would think you should have because – They were all talking and agreeing on you, so. I came down to the idea that I just didn't know what to do. Um, and a lot of people were, here are the pros and cons, and I'm just like, okay, that's great, but that doesn't really tell me. And I said, you know what? Well, what a cool decision you get to make. Uh, it's not so much... So I better have no options. Yeah, and, and, and whether you can win this or not is usually the top thing you have to worry about. That was a little further down your list because of all these people that were going to fall in behind you, right? Well, that's true, and, and I have not been as good about thinking about the things that most people would say you should think about first. I mean, I don't think I knew that the Secretary of State was paid until I was Secretary of State. Um, so you get all these politicians <laughs> out of your house, and you, get, you start to do the dishes, and you're like, oh... U.S. Senate, I think that everyone in the state wants me to do this, and they're saying that I'm doing it. Not everyone. Yeah. What's the... You know, it's interesting because you had people who wanted you to do that. There were some people who wanted people you to said, stay. People said, hey, we want you to stay. We love what you've done with elections. We think there are other things in the state you could do in the future. We want you here. And then you had a group of people many of whom are the closest to you, saying, I'll support you in whatever you do. This yeah. is a decision Which is kind, but not necessarily helpful. Um, but maybe honest, right? Oh, very honest. And that's, that's you know, to be uh, requested above all else. And um, I, I finally decided that it, I wasn't going to know what I should do from talking to people. I mean, talk to my mom, talk to my dad, talk to coworkers, talk to... You become sharing it when you call your dad. He probably could put the. He's got political sense above most anybody. He could figure out what's happening here. What, what was his thought? I think he wanted me to run, but I think you know he was kind of said, "Look, you've." He's in '94, right? He was the guy that people knew, right? Or whenever he was, when he became a U.S. Yeah, senator, 94. clearly the candidate. Ran in '94, January of '95. But clearly, he was the guy everybody wanted to. Want to want a race that wasn't in that competitive. I think your dad very much appreciates. The value of an opportunity opening like that. Yeah, I mean, what we've had two yeah. before this. We've had two open Senate U.S. Senate races in Missouri in 25 years or so. Yeah. Uh, my dad got one. <laughs> uh, Senator Blunt got the other one. So I mean, this this doesn't come along. Mm -hmm. And I think that's if it had been more of a normal process, I'm not sure I would have thought about it nearly as much as I thought about this one. 
But I was like, well, maybe this is God telling me, look, I'm giving it to you on a silver platter. Open your eyes. This is what you ought to do. Um, and, you know, how stupid do you have to be to turn down a U.S. Senate seat or a great opportunity for one? Uh, but that night, we prayed. And, um, and there is a recurring theme here about my inability to actually hear God and asking God to do something or not do something. And... Um, I prayed to him, and I said, I, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know. I, I don't want to go to Washington. I love where I am. I love. I think I have the best staff of any statewide in Missouri. I love the people I work with. I think the state people do a great job. I love what I get to do. I've been consequential. I mean, I've been more con- more issues have come through of consequences. Secretary of State's office, not 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 because of me, but it's just been with elections, with the referendum on H on the the pro life bill was HB one twenty six and saying uh, Constitution doesn't allow that, and being the one person that stopped it from being revert. Um, I've just ended up in the middle of it. I, I tell Katie I don't go looking for trouble. I just dig in my and heels. Not when it comes. just on. I mean, you've made decisions that based on the law that's the Republicans like. Try to. Haven't always been just ushering no. through pro life pro gun stuff. There's no, I can't do that. I've got to treat everybody under the same way. Under the law. last name, somebody, some people think, oh, he's going to be partisan or something like. I've made people yeah, mad but, on both sides, yeah, unfortunately, because of that. Which takes a lot more guts to make people mad on your own side, or I'm just bullheaded. One of the two, right? Either way. But, so you've got you've got the entire state and a lot of Washington folks waiting for you to say yes, I'll accept the Senate seat, and you take a day. And think about it. How I guess your day at work was eventful. A stay-at-home mom, but it was. And everybody calling you and wanting to know. She's what's an up. Uber driver for four kids, <laughs> so she is all and over the place. <laughs> I have a feeling like we really, really need to make a decision somewhat quickly. Because you get other people want to run yeah. and are waiting for you out of respect. Yeah. And, and 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 yeah, and I, and it's funny. I think that people that are looking at it now can wait a long time if they want, depending on their situation. Sure. But I felt like we needed to make a decision because, because there, were the well, there were people waiting. There were people that would have ran, but for you, they were phone. I felt like there were people yeah. waiting on me. So I, I so prayed. That night after the politicians out, you go to bed. We prayed that night, and I and this is in this recurring theme, I said, God, I don't know what to do. I don't want to do this, but this may be is you saying, hey, dingbat, this is where you ought to go, and it'll work out. And um, I prayed that a specific, I said, God, if you want me to do this, I need so-and-so to call me. I said, well, the president, nobody like that. I said, but, but somebody very- they're in politics, well-known. They could call, but I could also see them not calling it. And I said, if they call me tomorrow, tomorrow, after midnight, you know, I will run. If they don't call me, I won't run. And I'm just an idiot, God. I don't know what you want me to do. Tell me, and um, they didn't call me. And um, now, about nine o'clock the next morning, their office called me, but they didn't call me that day. And I just, you know, look. As far as I'm concerned, if they'd called me, if they could call me at nine o'clock the next day. God could have had them call me the day before. So this day, I always on the radio and stuff. And I, I always thought, knowing you, I don't think you do this. Just because I know you. Now, you're not a normal person in office. And that's kind of on both ends, right? It's, it's a compliment, and then so we might not take it that way, but I knew your enjoyment of this community. I knew your enjoyment of the job you did. I, I never heard you talk about U.S. Senate ever, uh, or and really not the new national issues. 
but during that day, somebody put out some pretty well-placed people that you've made a decision to run. Uh, which, obviously, you know, good Lord, you've got a chance to do this. It was news to me. Yeah, what, what had that strike? Yeah, you had to see that. It was irritating. Yeah. Um, I assume they were well-meaning, or, you know, but I, I don't understand that. We've got bad info. Uh, because um, we had never told anybody we were going to run. We'd never. In fact. So do you go to office that day or do you stay at the house or do you? Oh, we wanted to work. I get paid. I got to be. That's, I mean, that's, isn't that the way it is in West Butler County? It is. I think you come in, though, it's like, there he is. You know, you know I, I think people at the office, some of them at least, were kind of wondering what I would do and. You know, but uh, I, for me, it was easier that day because I had put it before God. And oh, it was, does this does right? this person call me or not? And that's up to God. He's responsible for it. There's a, you mentioned scripture. When I was thinking about, and I was, I was thank both of you for sitting down and sharing things that are pretty personal. There's a scripture, people say, well, his dad. That's why he gets in front of the line and things. But there's scripture, who much is given, much is required. Did you feel like... You know, I have been given a lot. And does that factor in? You know, I don't know that that did. Um, maybe it should have. Um, in my own self, I said I am in an awesome place yeah. to make a difference and to be consequential. When I talk about that, when I talk to people, I talk about I believe that every human heart wants to be, it's in within every human heart to be consequential. I, I abhor this kind of Nike idea of just do it because that message of just do it is don't worry about what happens. You can do it. What you do doesn't matter. I, I want to be of the, hey, be careful what you do because what you matter has consequences because you are qu- consequential because you matter. Um, and I just felt like where I was at the Secretary of State's office, I got to be consequential. I had just been reelected. Um, I I'm not big on the idea of running for something and then, oh, hey, I'm going to turn around and run for something else. Obviously, if the facts change, you, you need to reevaluate what you've said in the past. I get that. But, and, you know. So every, uh, the other thing I thought of was that I thought might pull at you. Roy Blunt is a senator that cares deeply about the Roachport Bridge, about the Pineville water system, yep. about the Mississippi County sewage plant. Josh Hall is a senator that um, when you hear him talk, he talks about other things. Uh, the loss of Roy Blount will hurt real people in real communities in Missouri that you can name. Uh, my assumption is you know what color the, what, what pool ball the Tipton Water Tower is painted after. You know that 25 in Canada ends at the McDonald's. It would surprise me if you weren't somewhat of a Roy Blount type senator. You know, um, I think we have a lot of good people that can run for the Senate. Um, and um, I, I commend him on what he did, but I'm not worried that we'll be able to find a Republican that would do a great job in the U.S. Senate. I was more worried that people might I, I think, believe it was me. I think people go, a great job is many things, right? A lot of folks really care about Facebook and, and things like that. And I'm sure that's important to some people. I'm told I don't do enough on that by some of my campaign people. A lot of folks really care about, does Lebanon have clean water? Yep. A lot of folks care about, did 36 get four lane? What about that at grade crossing? 
my assumption is it would surprise me if you weren't somewhat in the person that cares about that at grade crossing in Lane County. I tend to be a nuts and bolts process guy, yeah, policy. Did that weigh on your mind? No. Because you um, might end up with no one in Missouri that cares about that at grade crossing in U.S. I, I just, I guess I'm, I, I'm not that arrogant enough to think that I was the only one that could do a good job in the U.S. Senate in the state of Missouri. Well, man, I, I don't think it's a necessarily a bad job because you care about other things, but there's different types of senators. I think we've seen that in our state is some people care about some things, some people care about things. Isn't that, who's to say one's good or bad? Certainly not that. Well, in a different situations, you need different types of senators. There you go. Uh, and, and it, you know, this state, uh, but you definitely need somebody that cares about taking care of the needs of the state. And uh, it'd be interesting to see who the voters choose. I'm not, I'm not sure that that is the top thing on their mind. So you, 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 that night comes to midnight, I guess. Was you up at midnight waiting? Yes, I was. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's silly, but I was. How do you spend your, how do you eat? So you get home and you put the kids to bed. I mean, what do you do when you're I checked my waiting? phone a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I did. How do you kill um, that time? Do you try to read something, watch some TV? Or? Talk to your dad. Four kids. There's, you don't okay. have to kill a lot of time. Yep. I mean, don't get me wrong. The vast, vast majority of making sure the kids have their clothing is clean, laid out for them and stuff. Katie does that. Don't get me wrong. Did you just watch him hang around the house? Yeah. A little bit. And I, I pace when I'm on the phone, yeah, too. So I tend to walk around and, well, and the kids are go down and check out our chickens or our dog. what's going on. You know? Yeah. And, and you know, so how much do you tell your kids? Yeah. You know, and, and you know. How do you, if you don't mind how much, asking, how do you handle that? We really didn't discuss it at that time with anybody other than our 14-year-old. Mm-hmm. Did we talk? I don't think we talked to Samuel about it, really. We didn't. Does but he have access to Facebook and Twitter? Does not. You keep that in but, but David has a phone. And but, you know, and they hear stuff. Sure. And, but it's just we also didn't want to put them in the middle of it. And, you know, if, if my 8-year-old thinks, oh, we're going to do it, does she worry and say, oh, we're moving, I don't want to mm-hmm. do it? And we, it's just the, we don't know what we're doing yet. And well, I we, assume the vote would be pretty much four to nothing for you to stay in Jeff City, right? I think from I'm hoping I could get at least four votes out of the <laughs> five of them. <laughs> Although, you know, when people are calling you up and saying, we want you to run, you're, the, you're our only hope. There's also a party that's saying, do you just all want me to move several hundred miles away? Or do you? <laughs> uh, I assume, you know, you hear that they came, there were people that said, look, the fundraising won't be a problem, this won't be a problem, that won't be a problem. Do they do, when you get the full pitch, I mean, is it the full will come in if you'll do this? You know, I didn't have that many people that you would know of calling me up and telling me to run. Um, It was more families and friends and people that I had met around the state or legislators, um, you know, there's, there's not a, a President Trump or you know, past President Trump or uh, uh, Mitch McConnell that calls me up. At least maybe they call other people. They don't call me up. Um, but I mean, the sense from the political types, and I did have several consultants call. We're uh, like, look, you know, they suggested that, but for me. It, I've never run in an election and chosen whether or not to run an election because of whether or not I thought I could fundraise or whether or not I thought I'd have all the help I needed. It's When I ran for the state senate, it was a little bit of just we need someone that's more like my political beliefs running as a Republican in this race. When it was secretary of state, it was 
we need someone that has this understanding to run. I, I probably didn't do half the planning that political consultants would tell you to do before you run in a race. Um, so for me, it was more just about, is this the right thing for me to do? Because if it's the right thing for me to do, things will fall in place. And if it isn't, things will fall apart. So that night comes. It's midnight. You don't get the call you were kind of gauging on. Yep. Uh, what time do you get to bed? Pretty much right after midnight. Yeah. There was a there was a discussion. It's like, okay. Relief. Yes. And and the, no. <laughs> the funny thing Did was. Did you think this was it? He said, I'm going to, if this call comes, I'm going to do it. Did you think he meant that? I did, absolutely. absolutely. Well, she prayed about it, too. I mean, I it's did. not just me. Well, you put that before God, knowing that he can make this happen, did that you, he hears you, you know. Do you think that was like, did you sign off and say, okay, there you go? I did. I did. That's that's a good signal? That's uh, a good signal? I did not especially want to move to Washington, D.C., and we just moved our kids three years ago to Jeff City. It takes a while to get kids settled in. Um he has a great team working with him at the Secretary of State's office, and it takes time to build that kind of a team. Yeah. Um, and I was worried, you know, if I if I go to D.C., what happens to those people? You know, with a senator, you have a staff of a couple of people, maybe several, but most of them are not, you know, are young people that are getting paid very little. And <laughs> here I have people that... Um, our senior staff, the Secretary of State's office, some of whom have moved quite a bit to come and work for me. And those are the people that tend to get changed when someone else comes in. And am I leaving them in the lurch? So we had concerns, but at the same time, it's a consequential position. We yeah. need good leadership. You were referring to that earlier. It's a pivotal time for our country and just had to take a long, hard look at it. And if that call came... I would have done it. I would have done everything I could. But we didn't get it, and I think I I was relieved. I'm not sure if you were relieved, if you were kind of 50 50. I think you were, but. I think I was just relieved. um, To have an answer? Yeah. How would you feel about that 100% being being in being the answer? Well, I feel. You have to think about where you're going to live. Absolutely. You know, what are you going to do with your kids traveling? Yeah, kiddos, fifteen. When if I got elected, where would he be in high school? And can we find a way for him to finish out his high school career at that same school? I mean, how can I be as as least disruptive to my family as possible? I think having come through two statewide races, that I felt more prepared. Yeah, probably. Um, But so if the call would have came, you would have been on over. I would have. I would have. I mean, we might not have gone to sleep it. as easily or yeah. as quickly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the, the funny thing to me, I don't know if this was funny to you, but we didn't get the call. And then it's like, okay, how early can we tell people? How early can we tell people we're not doing it? You don't have to call us. Go find somebody else. So I it was hard to tell some people. Yeah. Some people I'm not disappointed. Day day. I, I, I don't like bothering people. I know the whole world's calling. You texted me somewhere in there. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, never, I'm never one that likes to bug people when they're... I talk to Elijah Hart a lot more now than he was speaker because I don't... When the whole world's bothering you, it's never my thing. I read your note, and the next day, your, your statement, the next day I texted you, and I go... You know, I'd like to write about this because I actually believe in what you said. Because you could have, by all accounts, been a U.S. Senator, chose not to run. I actually believed your your statement. How, the statement, how, 
Did you write that yourself? Did you two just come out and figure out how you're going to? We wrote a statement. That we, you know, Just about anything I do in politics, I, I call it my dad. Sure. It's always nice to be able to, to talk to someone that's been there and uh, talk to mom because <laughs> she has a little bit different point of view. Um, they helped us with that and, uh, you know, uh, some other people. But you know, we wrote a statement and then said, I'm an engineer. I'm not a good writer. Like the next day. So you wake up and you know what you're going to do. A little pressure's off. You talk to whoever you talk to, Miles or whoever you talk to. And you kind of get your statement ready to go. And what time does that statement come out? I don't I, I was working construction. 10 o'clock, I think. So did the was the statement posted before the call came? Or the call that you were waiting for come before the statement? The call came an hour, hour and a half before the statement went out. Ooh. Did you look up and be like, oh, <laughs> God. Uh, no, I looked at it as confirmation. You know, because if you say, if they call me, I'm going to run. If they don't call me, I won't. And they never call you. You're like, well, did God hear me or not? But the way I looked at it was God saying, I heard you. They just so they, called you today. Did they know that you were going to say that? No. But I, to- I, I did tell them at the time. People woke up the next morning. They thought an announcement you were running was coming. Because folks had put it out there. I mean, I had some incredible people. Put it out there that you were running. Yeah, I mean, I saw it. I won't, I won't mention the name, but yeah, I mean, but you saw it. Be credible. I saw it from a person I find pretty credible uh, that you were going to do it. And I think most people thought that next day you'd make some announcement. There'd be some video or whatever people do. And, you know, I just figured that's what the day would bring. You, you went the other way with it. I assume the person that you were waiting to call when they called you, assume they were talking to the, the campaign. Uh, I think it was just, it was. Look, we need someone. We want you to run. We'll help you out. I was like, hey, look, sorry, but I've decided not to. I don't, don't want to waste your time. Uh, but this isn't the right thing for me to do. Uh, and that's when they're telling me, look, well, you know, there's going to be help. They're, you're they're probably like on the phone. Hey, he's not doing it. Well, hold on. We'll do this and we'll do that. <laughs> he's saying, no, you're not understanding me. <laughs> uh, but... You know, there are decisions you make where after you make it, you're like, man, did I make the right decision or not? Yeah, you got your regrets on it? No. Uh, Harry Roberts, my deputy chief of staff, I, I walked into the office the next morning. He's like, boy, you seem happy. I said, yes, I am. <laughs> he's like, you're not running around. He's like, nope. <laughs> he's like, I can tell something changed. Um, well, what an addition he's been. He's a great guy. He's a good guy. Well, he's a, just a, he walks in the room, you know, a leader in the room. Well, um, so there will be people now that think that you did not do this. Everything you've said would would fall right in line with running for governor of the state of Missouri. Is that part of your calculation? I think that anybody that's given the opportunity to be governor of Missouri should be thrilled and should, should take it. Um, I'm not going to lie to you and say that I, I, I'm hoping my political career, is, the eight-year political career, ends when I'm done being Secretary of State. And um, I, I don't think I should run for Secretary of State again. I think it's good to have new people with new ideas or different points of view do that. Um, but my decision, you know, for me... We had prayed, and I had told God that if I didn't get that phone call, I wouldn't do it. And um, 
that that was where the decision was. Um, there are all sorts of other concerns or thoughts that could have driven a decision, but once you go before God and say, "Look, I, you know, not to be, um, if you do this, I'll do it. If you don't do it, I won't do it. Just let me know what you want." I think you're pretty well committed to. I'm not going to run because. I'm taking that on faith that you don't want me to run. And that was really confirmed to me the next day when they called me a day later. You feel good, Danny, afterwards? Like this is doing the right thing? Yeah, I do. Um, I felt badly at times telling people that he wasn't going to run because Yeah, when people are such an outpouring and are so kind... Um, and People I mean, putting their own interests aside to support you. I mean, that's yeah. to me is a great. That's a real, real compliment. That's well, yeah. And I, I, you know, and I and I've talked to some people that are thinking about running since then, and uh, they're pretty much all like, "You didn't run, like, yeah. What are you talking about? Why didn't you run? I just didn't." Good luck to you guys. I just don't think it's right for them. That's but what I mean. So, that's why I so appreciate this because it's so interesting. You know, uh, you know. I think I was just gonna say I think because of how we set it up that we did have peace about it with such a certainty. Yeah. You know, it gives you a peace. And um, did you hear from uh, the person that would know? I guess there's a handful of people that would know about serving in the U.S. Senate. Uh, probably the current U.S. Senate, no one would know more than Mark Blunt, and the second would be Josh Hawley. Did he give you any advice? You know, I. I don't necessarily want to get into who did and who didn't, just because I don't want to be impolite to them. Um, I did. I have talked. Multiple senators have talked to me about it. I'll just leave it at that. Um, I have maybe an advantage over a lot of people in politics in that I didn't jump straight into it. I didn't. um, I had a career in engineering, uh, then several years as an attorney. I love what I do, but I don't find my self-worth based on my job in government. And um, that's a real benefit to me. I think if people that have worked their way up and have been in there a long time, it, it makes you kind of only think about government at times. And because I had different careers and kind of was able to really to... I was blessed to come in at Secretary of State. I mean, that's unheard of. You lose a secretary, a state senate race, and you run for Secretary of State. I mean, people joked. Like losing a congressional race and becoming state auditor. People joked and said, "Well, if you if you lose a Secretary of State's race, what are you going to do next? Run for president?" <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it's audacious. Um, but um, I love what I do, but it's not it's not the most important thing. I mean, I try to work hard at it and. Sometimes I'm told that maybe I'm traveling too much and should cut down and be at more family activities. Uh, but it's not, it's not where I find my work. It's not how I define myself. And that helps. I think you get in trouble when you define yourself by your position or your title. It's not really you. It's, it's something else, and you get in trouble that way. Do you have a favor of people that have talked about running? Yeah. You going to share it? No. <laughs> you don't look. I'll bet I can guess it. I'll bet and you what I, I have said to people that have asked me, and I've had national people call me up and say, okay, you're not doing it. Who should we support? I'm not running. I kind of, to a certain extent, I gave up my right to be a kingmaker when I wasn't willing to put my name out there and run myself. Oh, you know that's um, not how that works, right? It doesn't work that way with most people. Um, additionally, 
if there is going to be any kingmaking, I'm not sure it should be done yet. Um, I think it's much better to... Look, we're a year and a half more than that away from the election. I, it's old school. I get it. But I remember when people would announce in November the year, uh, and then file essentially two months later. Yeah. Uh, or three months later. Or, or, or you know, so there, I don't think there has to be an understanding now. I think there's plenty of time for people to jump in, people to consider, people to jump in, to jump back out. Um, I think if we try to rush and force that issue now, we're probably not likely to come up with the best way of having the best person represent the state. You think your decision would have been different? No. I was... And and, and please, I don't mean to sound... It seems wrong to say this. I was happy to have the decision over with. And, you know, for about 12 hours, 18 hours, the phone blowing up was cool. Don't get me wrong. It was kind of cool. It's kind of old, too, though. It was. And and, and, and my heart wasn't in it. This is where I want to be. And I think I can be... I think I can be more effective for the state here. I never really, I, yeah, I, I, so yeah, I believe you're saying because that, but no, it was no fun having no people like that call me up for a little bit. I mean, that, that's kind of, it's cool. Like, no part of me that thought you wanted to do that. None. There's no one. I just, just, I just didn't believe you wanted to go do that. Now, the state capital was in Topeka or Champaign, Illinois, or Indianapolis, or, uh, and, I wouldn't but, live in Kansas. There you go. <laughs> Uh, well, I, I, I'm a Missourian. I, I think I've, had, I've taken more time than that. I really appreciate this. is such an interesting thing to me, and I appreciate you sharing because it's a personal thing, and it's uh, it is very interesting to me how sharing how a family can work through those things and and, and weigh opportunities. That is, I mean, it is a it is an amazing compliment to somebody to be thought of highly enough that people give you high like that. You know, that's a tremendous thing. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's scary. <laughs> Welcome in to our This Week in Missouri Politics Midweek Update. Starting a hair late, but what stories? I mean, my God. I think what I'm going to do here this week is we're going to read the story together. Uh, we'll just flip through here. Let me just pull up here the story in the Missouri Times, kind of a cumulative uh, cumulative effort by everybody here. Um, thank you for joining us. Busy, busy week right before spring break with everybody kind of coming in and watching and uh uh, hopefully we'll have a good week update for you. I can tell you Sunday on the show, we will have Congresswoman Ann Wagner will be our guest. She uh, is always an outstanding guest because she says what's on her mind. You don't have to ask her twice what she's thinking. Uh, let's just talk about Jeff City. Uh, big news of the day. Go to MissouriTimes.com right now, and you'll see the fresh piece hot at the top, coming in hot. So I was informed last night, Senator Rader will be hosting a press conference today. Really wasn't a press conference. <laughs> it was more um, her and twenty of her best friends went out and uh, 
basically gave a statement that said they were uh, pretty angry at the conservative caucus. Uh, this was sparked from Senator Bratton. Uh, her and Senator Bratton, she had a bill of, called the Sexual Assault Survivors Bill of Rights. I will not try to tell you I'm an expert on the legislature or anything like that. She is. Um, she's spoken pretty publicly about some of the things she's suffered with in her life and things that have happened that she's had to deal with. Um, so she, she knows that this, this uh, from not only the legal aspect inside and out, she also knows this from being a, a victim. And she's talked publicly about that and shared her experiences before. Um, so this is obviously very important to her, not just as a legislator, but as a human being. This is a very important issue that she cares a lot about. So she goes to the floor and uh, has her bill moving. It's one of those things. It was like the um, the medic, medical coverage for mothers of a, that literally live a little bit too much to uh, a new mother makes a, just a touch too much to get Medicaid. They, they're going to bridge that gap. Uh, not controversial. Salem through. Senator Bratton goes to put his amendment about essentially what he's trying to do is make it to where you can't have watch. Um, you can't have anything in a school that has pornographic material. Now the problem obviously is what is porno, right? Like I know, you know, but but do we have an agreed thing that we can both agree on that is porno? <clears throat> um, I don't know. They they got a way to figure that out. I, I just don't know. Maybe you guys have a different life than I did, but I didn't go and check out books in the library in Eagleville in high school. I, I think I would read a book if I had to, but I, I didn't go I mean kudos to those kids, I guess. You can tell they're actually reading the damn books. Stein of knowledge. Um so she uh, took it as a poison pill. Trying to, they would get the bill killed. It would not pass. If it did pass, probably might have get signed because of that piece on it. Um, this is sort of a tactic to force some folks into taking votes they don't want to take. Most senators don't want to kill Senator Raiders' bill. They want it to pass. They also don't want to vote against Senator Brad's amendment. So they kind of had it out. She was very unhappy. He, um, I, I understood. That it looked to me like when this is all happening, he was just going to float that out there see where the opposition was, see where the pushback came. And if he saw it was going to kill it, he was going to withdraw. Now, that's what I thought it looked like. But I was wrong. They are going to force it to a vote. And I think the votes would be there to pass it on to the bill. So they laid it over. She was not happy. And when Holly Rader is unhappy, she has that kind of southern quality to her voice uh, that is very uh, – you take it much more, much more challengingly than you would uh, – than you would a different situation. So she just comes off, when she's angry, she comes off harder than it would be from someone else. Well, she had a, a statement today, and I'll just go through it here. I mean, it was, uh, it was heat. It was, the, it was really the kind of heat you're used to seeing from the conservative caucus toward members of the Caleb Rowland's caucus. This was sort of a return heat, which was pretty, pretty hot. Uh, so there was a, the red line for her last night. Ten Republicans, nine Democrats, um, most of them you would think. Uh, Tony Luchemeyer was there. Uh, Jill Shoup, Razor, Senator Gannon, Senator Riddle, Senator Searpoy, Senator Moses, Senator Washington, Senator May Brown, uh, Senator Beck Rizzo. Uh, the full leader was there. Interesting that Caleb Browden was there. Um, a couple of quotes. We witnessed a small group of self-serving politicians struck a non-controversial and needed piece of legislation yet again. And that's how I've told you before. You have about 16 folks to see the world one way. You have six or seven to see the world a different way. You have a couple kind of floating in the middle there. <laughs> but the truth is, uh, nobody has 18 votes to run that floor along. Um, even when you have 18 votes, it doesn't really mean you need really 34. 
to at least go along at 18 four. But uh, uh, she uh, that that's how that 16 feels as though they have something that's not a big deal, not controversial, and the the six or seven want everything to be a big controversial fight. The other side feels like this, and I'll get to that. But let me finish hers. She went through and, and picked out a few folks. She asked Senator Moon to put the books away and be serious. He reads books on the floor a lot to um, take up time and to show his displeasure with some things. She understood her hostage to stop tweeting things that are petty and offensive sexual assault victims. Uh, I, I believe he replied to a tweet from Caitlin. I'm not sure exactly. Like I said, I did not follow the social media all that closely, but uh, that's what she uh, they said. She asked Senator Honor to climb up his high horse long enough to realize the majority of Missourians have not been as fortunate as he. As he. Well, uh, he referred to it as this little bill, which that would tick off anyone. Um, and essentially, she says, it, basically, she's kind of done with doing these negotiations, empty negotiations, begging for civility behind closed doors. What I think her point is, is they go in behind closed doors and negotiate, negotiate. She believes that some senators are never going to agree. It's a waste of time. And then they go on the Internet and attack her and attack her colleagues. And that's all they want to do anyway. So she's tired of that, obviously. Uh, now, here's Senator Eichel. He, uh, Senator Hoskins went to the floor, and he walked through. All Senator Hoskins had, had objections, right? He kind of went through the objections of the bill, uh, said it's already in law. I think she's strengthening the sexual assault survivor bill of rights. She's making it stronger. Uh, he went through the parts where I, I really don't think, I mean, from what I heard from Senator Hoskins, he'd vote for the bill if it came to a vote. He really had, I mean, he talked about how just, there are some real changes. Some of these are trivial changes. Some of them are substantial. I, I've watched Senator Hoskins do a lot of filibusters. I didn't pick up. He was just fire-breathing mad about this bill. But So as we go through, um, uh, he, uh, he went through parts, and he said, look, I believe in Senator Bratton's bill. Now it comes down to, well, why don't you vote for it when Senator Bratton's bill comes to the floor? Well, that, then now we get to the real problem here. So, again, when you say these things, honestly, one side thinks something so stridently the other side, they just can't ever agree. They can never agree. They just see that there's so much anger and personal frustration. They just don't ever see things this, on the same page. So, uh, and so as we go through here, Cinder I goes to the floor. And I had texted him, that's her quote, and uh, he basically was waiting to see something. And then he just went on the floor, so he took his quote from the floor. So like I said, he blamed, I mean, essentially, Bill Igo will blame Caleb Brown. He says, you don't bring up our bills. You you support amendment. You support putting things on the table and blocking them. We don't know if our bills are ever going to come up, so we grab every bill and shove our stuff on it uh, with stuff you don't want to vote for. Now, if I had to guess, part of his strategy for this is there's been some people file, some like a city council person who's a problem, you know, be a very legitimate state house candidate. Is it a state syndicate? I don't know. Um, to file because they want to keep putting people on these tough votes all the time and trying to cause them political issues. And so, you know, his, uh, his take is you don't tell me what's happening. I'm not in the, he said, I'm not in the loop, which leads to an environment where everything has to be done on the floor. Got to keep, uh, I don't know, I computer. Um, and then he called her, her press conference, the epitome of show horses. He says the Senator leading that press conference had, hadn't had a single discussion with Senator Bratton. Are we ever going to see leadership of the management of the Florida session? Now, here's the truth. You know, 
if you, this is this is the way. If you talk to Senator in the Rowden camp, they'll be like, they get tons of floor time. They're always on the floor. And if you listen to the Senate, the conservative college members do more talking than anybody else on the floor. They're filibustering usually to get their amendments on or to kill things. They do get a lot of floor time. And if you're Senator Rady, you're like, all you do is talk on the floor. That's the whole Senate is you guys talking on the floor. And they just see it so differently. And I don't, I don't that's what you said. Well, they got to fix this. One, the Senate's supposed to kill stuff, so maybe it is fixed. And two, they just see things so there's so much emotion and dislike. And then let me tell you, so if you read through the story, it's at MissouriTimes.com. Go to the bottom, and it talks about Senator Rowden. Now, this is Caleb. Caleb Rowden is one of the most long-suffering people I have ever even heard of. If there was a long-suffering fairy tale, the, the, the hero would be Caleb Rowden. He says, um, I beat them once in a leadership race, and then at any point they want me to beat them again, I can do that. Uh, that is a mic drop. That is throwing the baby arm down. That is uh, that's, that's, that is that that is from Caleb Brown. That is heat. Um, so, again, you go back to there is a theory that this all comes from a leadership race, that, that Senator Hassel, Senator Andre Lawson, Senator Shots, Senator uh, Rowden, and that this is kind of an animosity building from that. I think there's some truth to that. that. I just don't think there's any way you could argue there's not at least some truth in that. I think there's some truth in that um, they want the Senate to produce things that, that the base wants. Um, and sometimes those things don't always work and equal out. So I think it'd be, it'd be very interesting to see. Uh, uh, it'd be very interesting to see how. I'd say move forward, but they, they don't move forward. There's no, there's so much animosity, and part of it is leadership race. That's just the truth, and part of it is how things have happened since then. Um, there's a lot of they both think they're right. It's like it's like the uh, Jews and the Arabs. They both think God told them to do this, right? And in this situation, both camps of senators think they're right. They think they're doing the right thing. Now you have you're seeing more and more senators like Senator Rayner. They're just done. They're done. They are. They feel like they spent two or three years placating these senators. The conservative caucus feels like they spent two or three years persecuting them. I don't know how you ever take two people that can't even agree on on basic things. I mean, I go back to, you know, Senator Eigel talks about, well, you don't tell me what's happening in caucus. I guess what he's talking about. Well, I don't know what definition of caucus Senator Eigel and Senator Rowden would be in that would be the same. They're just against each other. They just are. Now, Senator Rowden would very much like everybody to get along and move on. He's the foreman. He won the, he won the leadership race. I mean, uh, Senator Eigel would very much like to maybe see his priorities done, but getting along is not the same level of priority for Senator Eigel as is Senator Rowden. So I, I guess it comes down to today is just another example. I don't know what they do. Um, as long as that map's out there, that's going to be, it's going to, it's right under the surface of everything. The map is everything that Senator Eichel and Senator Honor think has happened to them since they lost that leadership race. That map is like a living monument to how they, in my, this is my opinion, how they see things. That you don't care about the lines or seven boy. All you cared about was sticking St. Charles County. Somebody around St. Louis was going to lose. And instead of it being Jefferson or Franklin or spreading it out, you just made us lose. It's, it's, I, I view it, and this is, this is me sitting in the Senate, observing these senators. I think they view that map as kind of the epitome 
of things that of what they've of what they've experienced the last three years. I think that everybody else views it as you lost, sorry, you move on, and easy for them to say, right? So I guess to me, as long as that map is hanging out there, here's normally the last the week before spring break. The Senate and the House really don't go to the bills from the Senate or the House, except like the special situations. Normally, you, the Senate won't take up a House bill. They'll go to the House bills for perfection calendar until after spring break. Spring break is a little earlier this year. Um, it's usually like the last weekend in March or or the third. It is a little. It's a little early this year, which I love because it has St. Patrick's Day, so it's one day I, I'm Irish. Um, uh, I, I hate to lower myself to McKenna's levels, but um, it is it is a uh, it is early, so there'll be time after. I, I don't, you know, there's a ton of house bills piling up, not really as much as normal. There's a ton of house bills piling up, and uh, so you have very few Senate bills over there. They'll start to go to those house bills and take them and change them and put stuff on them, and that's when kind of the legislating will begin. But as long as that maps up there, I don't get it. So normally the Senate will take up like one of the hardest things they're going to try to perfect all year from the Senate side. And they'll try to perfect that the last week because you can get real contentious this week because you're not going to see each other for a week and a half. So make a cool off, spend a week with their family, take a trip, usually go to spring freaking training, spring freaking training. We can't do it this year. And so usually Senate ends Wednesday night very late on a very contentious issue that everybody's kind of pissed off on. And then they kind of, you know, everybody's ready to get out of here Thursday and they sort of go blow steam off and are done for the week. <laughs> they get a week off and everybody comes back kind of refreshed and ready for that last push where everybody's tired. This year, I don't think it's going to work quite like that. Uh, I don't, they, you know, the map would have been the perfect thing to go to. I don't think they're going to do that. Uh, as long as that map is out there, I think, I think, I think it would help the Senate move forward if they just threw their hands up and said we can't. Which I, I don't think unless they're willing to PQ Senator Onder, I don't think they can pass a map. And then is it worth PQing Senator Onder, PQing a member of the majority party? To pass a map, I, I, you reasonable people could look at that. It's one of those calls where no matter what you do, a reasonable person can argue with that call. Um, so that's where it is. Uh, there's, I think every bill is going to be this way. It just is. I don't see how it changes. Senator Moon sent me a, a addition to the story that should be added to it right now. If you go to MissouriTimes.com and look at the update, uh, you'll see the update on there. Um, but look, I, I think at the end of the day, Senator Rowden, I, I just if you're him, you cannot win. You have the people that support you are boiling over angry at, at the way they're treated. You have the people that are not in your caucus who sort of take some liberties uh, with you that, and they believe they're doing it through, through with righteous means because they think you took liberties with them, and they really believe that. I, I, I you know, the seven-one stuff was a game. I mean, in all honesty. I don't know how serious that actually was or ever was been happening, but there's very real feelings in the conservative caucus that they've been wrong, and they can lay them out to you. And it's not a, it's not, it's not the petty partisan. Why not? It's not. It's personal things that they truly believe. It's not. It's not a game to them. They they really feel like there's things that have happened to them that shouldn't have. <clears throat> and on the other end, you know, Senator Alden's folks that support him are pretty much. I mean, when Senator Alden is in the lead, they follow. When they try to maybe go too far to try to play in the conservative caucus when it doesn't work and to some of their folks get ticked off. So uh, anyway, it, it is as bad as it looks, but again, the Senate is not supposed to pass. You want to see a messed up state, watch the state Senate just start flying through and, uh, and passing stuff. That is a scary situation for the state of Missouri. 
coming up this week, I mean, we'll be here all night covering the Senate. Uh, I assume they'll go to something for, I mean, look, the place is on board. They're going back in at three, which in Senate times, like three Senate times, probably like four thirty central standard time, which is normally early. Usually have you a session and then four, it's usually like 10 and they come up a little bit, then they go to four, um, come back at four or six, little four usually. Uh, today at the three is like an indication that maybe they want to get on something. You know, you look at the Senate calendar. I don't know what you really, I don't, I mean, it's got some stuff on it, but, uh, uh, after a quote like that from Senator Rout, my assumption is people will take go forward and lead, and, uh, and they'll follow. Him. But I mean, it, it, you're just going to run it, I think, to more of this walking. So the House passed a uh, no patient left alone. Look, a lot of stuff's going to come out of COVID. If you tag the COVID stuff on anything, it's like they're people, regular folks. This is not just like a Republican thing. This is regular folks done with COVID. You, you, Dean Plotter really shined yesterday in the house. They passed it. He talked about his father in law recently passed away. Uh, those are good. Those press conferences happen. Yeah, uh, he's, he's got that down. Uh, Dean Plotter fills a podium, sounds good, takes questions, doesn't duck questions. He's, uh, that, those are, those are impressive events. He's done two in a row here, uh, two weeks in a row. But, uh, he'll, uh, that, that no patient left home thing will be popular. Uh, but again, I think the, the moral of the story is going to be the Senate House is going to keep piling stuff up, third reading stuff sitting over, and the Senate, you know, maybe when they go to those House bills, it'll free up a little bit. Because if you go to a House bill, then it's not one senator's bill. And there's no, if you're a, if you're a handler of a bill, you don't have quite the ownership. Therefore, maybe the personal animosity is bad. I doubt it. Um, maybe the best thing would be to just adjourn this. Special session on the budget. Public is safe. You go home. I don't know. Uh, that, that's kind of where it is. If you read this story, this story is a very good microcosm. And I've been telling you this, I've been telling you this since the middle of last session that the folks that are getting, that are, that are angry. Yeah. Senator Ives, Senator Anders, Senator Austin have now been happy for a while, but Senator Ralph, Senator Shots' problem is not that. That's just kind of baking the cake now. Pretty much whatever they do is not going to work. They're, they're, they're very hard to be very hard to please, to be honest with you. They're, his problem has been, the Raiders, your Searpoints, your Hub, they're, they're sort of like, you know, you're the leader of lead. Now, when they do lead, like the first week of succession, goes, well, the map thing has been hard. The map thing will be hard for anyone to handle. No president has had an own group of his own Senate caucus split off and be against him. That's a tough, that's a tough hand to play. Uh, but uh, I don't know how things get better this year. I do think you have a chance to kind of reshuffle the board uh, with some new senators that bring some new life that aren't part of all these grudges and stuff uh, that could come in and, and maybe reshuffle that deck in January. I think that's a very possible thing. So um, this week on the show, Ann Wagner, we'll put the we did uh, we did this awesome thing with Judge Limbaugh, Judge and, and Peter Kinder, and a K about the history of the state. This week we'll be back with our actual Kid Gerardo episode on the show in Missouri. Thank you guys so much, and we will. I will see you next week, probably from somewhere fun for a midweek update that might be less contentious. And maybe, maybe they'll be throwing a baseball down in Jupiter. Hopefully we'll see you then.